Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Kirsten. And this is Most Foul Mini. Hello, listener. Happy mini episode day. <laughs> Did you hear I just said hello, listener? Like, there's one. <laughs> hello, listeners. All y'all. Hey, how yens doing? <laughs> I guess Southern isn't Yens. I don't know. No, that's Missouri. So I did yours. <laughs> and you did mine. Yens. Ewens. Yens. Well, we know it's not just one of you. Li- well, we know it's not one of you because we have metrics. But we also know it's not just one of you because you're sending us in your inciting incident stories. Woo! So exciting. We love reading these. These are just amazing and it's so I don't know it feels really cool I think we said in a previous one it's like a very very slow conversation we get to have with someone (laughs) (laughs) or you could say like our favorite kind of conversation where we talk and you say nothing (laughs) that's something a psychopath would say (laughs) but I really do love them they're so interesting I know I know it's it's just like a peek into other people's worlds, and I love that. So shameless plug, please send us in your inciting incident. Uh, there's a form on our website, mostfowlpod.com, and then you can also just send us an email at mostfowlpod at gmail.com. Definitely. We are waiting for your communication with bated breath. So should we jump right in, or is there anything happening in the world? <laughs> Let's jump right in. I'm checking our email to see right now, like, who's written to us. That's what I'm doing. I'm multitasking over here. So I'll start with the first one. Hello. Very great greeting. Traditional, standard. We love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying your show. Well, we definitely love that. <laughs> um, sorry, I'll, I'll read it for real. I'm really enjoying your show. I wanted to write in about my inciting incident. For me, I can trace the origins of my interest in true crime to The Godfather. Mm. I remember watching it in the theater, and my mind was blown. It's still my favorite movie to this day. This introduction to organized crime fascinated me. Aside from watching basically every organized crime movie or TV show, Scarface, Casinos, The Sopranos, The Long Good Friday, The Irishman, Eastern Promises, to name a few. Wow. But... It also sent me to an obsession with Al Capone and other true organized crime. Mm. I've read books and articles and watched documentaries. Eventually, in the dawn of the podcast age, I've transitioned into the broader true crime genre. Brian. Wow. That's an interesting angle. Yeah, I mean, that's crime for sure. That's like crazy whacking folks. Yeah, it interesting is the right word. Like, not coming from the organized crime side It was like, oh, yeah, that is crime. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it is. It's pretty grim. And, I mean, a lot of the same stuff that's there, like, is the same in the more traditional true crime, like serial killers. And, I mean, all the same features are there. It's just a different kind of, I guess, different motives, different folks who are drawn to that life. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a way in. I can see how... That would draw you in, and then you get to the darker side of it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so dark. I really liked that that list. There was also Eastern Promises. So it's like not all Italian (laughs) mafia. (laughs) And then so Brian, if you ever are interested, there's a book called Mississippi Mud. Mm. And it's true crime. It's a true crime book. It's one of my favorites. And it goes into the Dixie Mafia, which most people probably don't know exists. Yeah, I didn't know until you told me about it. (laughs) So I highly recommend. It gets a little weird in the end. There's a little bit with a psychic that, you know, depending on your beliefs. But the actual true crime part is so fascinating. It seems like it's something that exists everywhere. Like every culture, every region it seems to spring up organized crime Um, Mm -hmm. and during throughout history, different periods and different kinds of organized crime based on what was not legal, but wanted and things like that. But it is, it's really dark. Uh, Every time I hear of Al Capone now, I just think about Geraldo. I know what you're going to (laughs) say. I called it. (laughs) Opening that vault and what a colossal nightmare. And he's a scumbag. So whatever. I know, totally. Like, it couldn't have happened to a better person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think that there is a lot of fascination there because in a lot of ways it's tied to different time periods. So Al Capone is like, you know, there's some kind of romance to that era. And definitely, like, Scarface Casino, that, like, 70s vibe. So I think people get pulled in through that way, like the lifestyle. Um, And then you learn more about the lifestyle and what it entailed and just how gruesome, you know, that's, I wonder also if Brian, Brian, are you, if you're interested in this, like definitely dig into Whitey Bulger and, and the Boston Irish mafia too, because that's, there's a lot there. The, the mob stuff, that's, that's not, like, my jam, really. Um, but I can see how that would that would spark things for somebody who, you know, found those things interesting. It's, like, very masculine vibe. Yeah, it's a good entry point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we ask, because it can come from anywhere. I know, totally. And it's just, yeah, it's interesting to see, like, because I think that they're what you're interested in kind of says a lot about you and like your experiences and where you're coming from. So thank you, Brian. That's amazing. All right. Next one. As a child of the nineties, I was obsessed with Harriet the spy. I don't know how many times I made my mom rent it from blockbuster. So (laughs) nineties, I've always been nosy as hell and seeing snooping all over the damn place gave me life. Oh yeah. And seeing snooping all over the damn place gave me life. I would pretend to be a spy and write absolute nonsense in my notebook. And this curiosity made me a natural fit for true crime. I particularly love the unsolved cases. A part of me still thinks I'm going to solve the case. I didn't actually become a spy or detective, but as an executive assistant, I still get to snoop in everyone's (laughs) business. I also have time for lots of podcasts at work, and I'm glad I found yours. Keep up the good work. Thanks, M. Am amazing. And I will say, like, this is advice I give to everyone. When you go into an organization, become best friends with the executive assistant because they (laughs) rule the world. And I worked as an assistant when I was first out of college. And if people crossed me, like, oh, boy, there's a lot of shit you can do to mess them up. So 
I totally get this. And yeah. Yeah. That's a legit good tip. Take that. Take that and run with it. So I think we mentioned Harriet the Spy with Liz, too. I think so. But I mean, I don't feel like we can talk about it enough because I love this movie. I was already an adult when this movie came out, but I love this movie. And I can't wait until my kids are old enough to watch it, which probably is now, honestly. Now I have memories of wandering the blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Looking at all the covers of VHS tapes. Yes. And being very scared of whatever Hellraiser was. <laughs> A man with all the nails in his face. Oh my God, that's gross. Um, and then I had just been there with my mom like, oh my God, we get to pick a movie. <laughs> right? I mean, that was a big deal. And then just praying that when you got to yours, there were actual... Ones with tapes behind them. Ah, uh, that's the sad day when the new release that you wanted to see was all gone. Yes. You made the trip. I mean, for us, we went to movie gallery more. Blockbuster was further away and more expensive. But it really was like a treat because it kind of meant we were also going to get Little Caesars and have like <laughs> pizza and movie. <laughs> oh, man. Those, like, rituals are so important in life and in childhood. Kids these days will never know. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing, though. Harriet the Spy. That's an important film. I need to rewatch. I haven't watched it since at least youth. Maybe not child. I know I watched it again, but I haven't probably not in a decade. Oh, my gosh. you got to fix that. I need to watch it with my kids. I I think my youngest is ready, but definitely my oldest would be into it, and she is kind of a snoop. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Thank you, M. Okay, so our third. My inciting incident was a childhood fascination with the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. I read The Crucible in eighth grade, and it affected me. I got so angry reading it that I literally threw the book across the room at one point. (laughs) I can relate to that. I couldn't believe the disgustingness of humans and how absolutely revolting it is that these girls got away with it. I remember feeling similar feelings learning about McCarthyism and the Red Scare, but The Crucible realized it in such a way that that I still feel the same way so many years later. I've researched the trials in depth. This is my personal dissertation topic. (laughs) So when I think about what drives my interest in the genre, I think it's this. I'm looking forward to more episodes. Aaron. Uh, Yes. I think everyone who went to school in the United States in a certain era has this moment where they read The Crucible and learned all like, yes, To this day, I mean, I still struggle. Like, I I wish there were better horror movies about witches. Mm -hmm. But, like, I hate that it's this. (laughs) Like, I hate this is the source material where it was just putting women down. Mm -hmm. Just putting intelligence down. The, like, group mobs. I'll make parallels in my own mind to Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-vaxxers. It's like... That part of humanity, I cannot take. Yeah. 
I mean, this one is just so, there's so much going on here. But, yeah. I mean, the way that the Crucible made this allegory for what was going on at the time, but then also exploring what actually happened in the past. I mean, it's really masterfully done. But, yeah, just really gross. It's like systemic... What? I forgot that the Crucible was about McCarthyism. <laughs> I'm yeah. so dumb. Like, y- you saying that, like, triggered in my mind that Arthur Miller was, like, blacklisted or redlisted. Um, I think for his being married to Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, f- I forgot that this, like, I thought it was just, like, an interesting connection of, like, the idea of the witch trials and the Red Scare. And I forgot, like, literally that was the point of the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> So Andrew needs to go back to eighth grade English class. But it's true. I mean, I think that's just a testament, though, to how well it works. Because there's so many pieces of art out there that try to do this, but do it in such a ham-fisted way that it's really obvious. And, like, you might get the McCarthyism kind of thing out of it, but you lose the witch trials. Like, this one, it was both. It was purely both. And it works so well for both. It's just incredible. So, yeah, I mean... To me, I think that this is one, I mean, I was one in English class to kind of pick and choose what I would actually read. And there was a lot of bullshit, especially in American literature that Mm -hmm. I skipped and didn't like. But this is one that I think should stay forever. It's it's amazing. So good. I yeah, there's just something about the witch trials now. I, I don't love reimaginations of that time when they were actually witches because I feel like it dilutes their real life story of being killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I get a little conflicted with witch media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just have always looked at it as a feminist statement, you know? It's like there was literally no way to win. They either didn't float and they drown or they floated and then they were killed. So I I mean, talk about like lose, lose women are just in a terrible double bind. And I mean, it's not so obvious or so extreme now, but it's the same, you know, women still face a lot of those like impossible choices. Um, so I think it's still relevant, but yeah. Because I'm a literary masochist. I once read The Malice Maleficarum, which is the witch hunter's handbook that the Catholic Church used to hunt and persecute witches. Oh, my God. Listen, I can't explain it to you. How why was I it? it? How was it? <laughs> Very upsetting. <laughs> um, so this is real. Uh, this is really what the like inquisitors would use back then. And it all started, I, I was doing these yearly book challenges where the prompts were like very random. So it would be like a book a week for the whole year. And, but it's not like you're just picking books. So it it would be like a book recommended by a librarian, a book with, alliterative title a book with the blue spine a book by someone of a different uh gender identity than you uh, so just like totally a book with time travel a book with the day of the week like i remember that phase 
So it could have been anything. And I, I landed on the Malus Maleficarum and it was so upsetting because it was, it was basically the handbook of how to torture them too. And there were points where it was like, if you do math or science, you're a witch (sighs) and like, look for these specific knots and ropes and these marks on the body and all of this stuff. I mean, I feel like I don't have as much leg as a non-Catholic to go on a Catholic church rant, but it is so (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't recommend reading it. And plus it was so old. Like it was, it was like borderline incomprehensible. The language was so old and, but yeah, just infuriating that one, somebody wrote it and then two people like use that to torture and punish people. Yeah. Uh, what was the prompt that led to that suggestion? I mean, that choice. I, I think it might have <laughs> been a alliterative title. Got it. And then I think I'd read something else, <laughs> like maybe even like a Dan Brown, something that mentioned it. Got so it, it was on my mind where I was like, oh, maybe that would be interesting. <laughs> Boring and upsetting. <laughs> so it's a real... <laughs> <laughs> a real uh, double whammy. Oh my god! Uh, that does Do you have sound any of those, like I don't know books that you didn't mean to read, and then it was just like, oh god. No, I've told you, I'm like the least well-read English major that you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> no, there's so much I haven't read. Um, that I want to read. Definitely. I don't have a lot of things like I don't, I'm not someone who forces myself to finish a book. If, if I am not enjoying it, I might try for a while, but ultimately I always give up. I can't make myself consume stuff that I don't enjoy. Oh my God. The infinite jest for me was one of the worst books ever written, ever produced. I, I think the stands of David Foster Wallace are, Ooh, uh, I'm going to get canceled again. Uh, <laughs> pretentious little douchebags. Ooh. <laughs> They're all straight men. <laughs> yeah, that's the feeling I get. I mean, I I feel for him and, and like I've read about his personal journey, but I've never read his writing and my sense is it wouldn't be my thing. And just for the record, that was hyperbolic because I have a friend who really enjoyed Infinite Jess and actually recommended it to me. And he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not all straight men. But there's something men. about like <laughs> diehard David Foster Wallace innators. Yeah. <laughs> are, um, I, there's just something about it. It's like, I, I get the feeling that there's a lot of overlap with like people who have never read a book written by a woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're kind of putting together a little um, a little pencil sketch of a certain kind of guy who lists in his dating profiles that his favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. That is a really good movie. <laughs> it is a good movie. And like, why does every straight guy have to have that as their favorite movie? It's not the best movie of all time. Yeah, of no. course. So why? Harriet the Spy exists. <laughs> nice callback. 
<laughs> yeah. We'll have a whole episode on things we don't like about straight white guys some other day. Yeah, and we'll sprinkle it into every other existing episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, disclaimer, I'm married to one. My dad is one, so we're being funny. Um, I mean, we're trying, but... <laughs> Somebody is just like, no, you're not. It's not. <laughs> we're doing our best here. <laughs> well, Aaron... That is, yeah, like, we feel you. The Crucible was, it's a life-changing work, and it's important. And it can take you down that path to true crime, for sure. And former English teacher, if you're listening to this, it's been a long time. I'm allowed to have forgotten that it was about McCarthyism. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I made a video... Oh, it was a school project and I, I like scripted and made this video of, about Joseph McCarthy <laughs> and the whole island hopping strategy. I don't uh, know. Just like this. back in, in World War II of like how the military strategy of going island to island, it was a piece of him pre-Red Scare. Got it. Okay. So he had, he did um, other things besides destroy people's lives. Yeah, and so, like, with my siblings and friends and a giant camcorder with VHS, (laughs) I, like, wrote and starred in this play (laughs) about Joseph McCarthy, and I have repressed that memory until just now. Oh, my God. (laughs) So we're going to need a still from that. I think I also, like, didn't really understand what island hopping was and was, like, fully half-assing my (laughs) understanding of what it was. (laughs) That sounds... And on the farm, we had these big dirt mounds, and I was acting like they were islands, and I was jumping from mound to mound. (laughs) This just keeps getting better. Yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need some stills from that. I'm afraid. If memory serves me correct, I was wearing uh, camo sweatpants for my military attire. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need to see that. See, Aaron, see what you've given me with this email. <laughs> Memories. That's probably why I forgot about the crucible because I just <laughs> locked McCarthyism away. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> put it in a box, put it on a shelf. That's uh, in amazing. all sincerity, I I need to see where, if anywhere, Harriet the Spy is streaming because I could go for a re- rewatch. Yeah, it's good. It holds up. Mm, maybe a little wine. Maybe, ooh, maybe a little edible. I, that's what I was thinking. Oh. Now I have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Aaron, Em, and Brian. This was an amazing batch of inciting incidents, and we're so glad that you're here with us. Whatever led you here, thank you. Yeah, and folks, please send them in. Um, They can be anything. It can be true crime. It can be books. It can be documentaries, whatever it may be. 
Uh, we love to hear it. And these are fun episodes for us. And, you know, it might unlock more trauma from my past. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we appreciate the hell out of you. 100%. Never miss a foul detail. Follow us at Most Foul Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Facts from Janet production. 